Thank you, Kathy. It's uh, good to be here again. I think my weeks still move from do I laugh or cry uh, in this season. I sometimes do both at the same time, actually. Uh, it's a very strange time. Uh, I don't know that I heard Langdon say the new show is called The Evangelist Wants a Wife, so I won't say that in case that's recorded online, just to try to see if you're awake on this, uh, on this sort of day. Uh, he'll get me back later on, no doubt about that one, uh, but that's okay. Um, I don't think you really have been journeying with us through Habakkuk. Uh, as Shane said last week, Habakkuk from American uh, Translation. I really want to ask him some questions. I, you might remember the journey of our prophet as he wrestled with God and was very direct with God. Uh, he had some very direct reflections. I actually want to ask uh, the prophet, how do you end up where you do? With all that's going on, with all that's going on, how do you end up in this point in time where you dare to say, it's okay, I will rejoice I, and understand that chapter 3 is a prayer, it's a song. We know we can't sing at the moment corporately don't think somehow that his reflections in chapter three is about him singing in a church context it's a very personal reflection he has uh, how do we keep singing with all that's going on how do we keep rejoicing I know most of you know that I'm strange uh, yet I know that most of you love the Irish singer Van Morrison so it's easy for me to refer to him uh, on Friday I was listening to the album that you all have at home 2016 album that came out called keep me singing uh, he has a song on his album keep me singing and I keep thinking how do you keep singing in this season genuinely really how do you keep singing uh, it was Friday morning and it was around 11 o'clock and uh, I was outside the phone was inside uh, and I came in a bit later on I had a missed call and I'm one of these people who like when you set a missed call and it's a number I don't know I'm one of these weird people like I just wonder who that was I'm going to ring them up to miss call. You never know who might be at the other end. Uh, and so I got on the phone, rang the number back and said, look, I hate to say, my name's Ian Barnett. I just got a missed call from this number. Can I help you? Uh, mate, I've probably rung the wrong number. Uh, were you ringing people up? I said, well, what do you do? He said, I'm in maintenance. Now, Rhonda and I have a house in Sydney. We're doing some work on maintenance. I thought maybe it's someone we've rung. I said, where do you live? He said, I live in Tweed Heads. I said, I, I said, well, my wife and I are actually hoping to go to Queensland uh, very soon. Not that Tweed Heads is in Queensland for those watching another part of the world. I said, what do you think our chances are next month of getting into Queensland? He said, mate, it's not looking good. <laughs> um, what do you do? I'm actually an Anglican minister in Wollongong. Okay, Wow. How's it going down there for you? I, we've got restrictions in church life and things like that. Yes, by now you're realising I'm weird enough just to talk to some random person on the phone that I've never met before. You know that. Uh, how are you going? He said, well, look, my name's John Higgins. Uh, nice to talk to you. He said, I'm actually a bit concerned. My mum's across the border in a nursing home. And I'm finding it really tough. He sounded like a guy. I, didn't know, I, I wasn't that inappropriate to ask his age, by the way. He sounded like he was in his 50s or 60s. I'm concerned because it's hard to get access from, if you know the border from Tweed, you've got to go through a lot of restrictions, etc. And I'm worried about how she's going and what it might look like for her in the future. And I'm struggling. I'll come back to the story in a little while. And I said, mate, everyone's struggling. And I think we have to understand that throughout history, there are struggles in this life we live. Yet we're called to reflect 
Uh, the prophet Habakkuk wants us to reflect on all that's going on in his time, and we are reflecting on all that's going on in our time. And uh, you know, we could say historically, there's life before Christ and there's life post Christ, you know, BC, AD. And we know for all the musicians out there, most of those who love music would say, well, there's life before the Beatles and there's life after the Beatles. In 2020, it is true to say that we will talk about, in years to come, there was life pre-COVID and there's life post-COVID. No doubt about that. And so you come to this chapter 3, and I want to understand, how do you do this, Habakkuk? How do you sing? How do you show patience? He says in verse 16, I heard and my heart pounded, my lips quivered, quivered at the sound Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I'll wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. And so it's an appropriate message with flags behind me and all around us in the auditorium. It's a message to the nations. It's a message to the world. And I want to know, I want to jump to the end of chapter 3. How? Uh, Peterson in his message translation says this, When I heard it, my stomach did flips, I stammered and stuttered. My bones turned to water, I staggered and stumbled. I sit back and wait for doomsday to ascend. I don't know whether your faith is like that, that there's calamity around you and you're now waiting for disaster to strike. August 2020, five months into this restricted world we have. And most of you, like me, know it's not going away anytime soon. In fact, uh, you have to be prepared to nearly, this is what it is for 2020, and start praying for 2021. Uh, a year that's seen many changes, a year that's going to have changes that will last forever, not just community-wise, certainly church-wise and culture-wise. Habakkuk as a prophet was in the midst of change, of similar changes. People were dying around him. A foreign nation was going to invade. There was pain. All that he knew and loved had gone. Friends, family, change forever. He was looking for answers and looking to God for answers. Uh, and he was required to live by faith. Not just to sing about it. To actually live by faith and trust God. Uh, and we know this because if you jump back to Habakkuk uh, chapter 2 verse 4, which Shane touched on uh, two weeks ago, that great line, the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. That shouldn't be new to us. Because if you jumped into Romans or James or Hebrews, and we've done James and Hebrews this year, it's all about the just living by faith. By faith. And your faith is triggered by your, can I say it openly and directly, by your prayer life. See, the more you pray, the more you realise how dependent you are on God, and it triggers your faith and trust. To live by faith means to trust God in all circumstances, every day, no matter what is going on around us. And maybe, some old saints would say, an indication of your Faith and trust in God is tied in with your prayer life. In no way am I going to say that's not true in 2020. It's even more true in 2020. So Habakkuk, oh, where are, could you come out? I'd like to introduce you to Habakkuk the prophet, but I can't because he's not here. 
how the heck did you get to this point after all that's gone on? Tell me, tell us how. I want to know, you want to know, we want to know, the world wants to know. So I'm going to pray right now for God to speak. Father, may it be that as we come to you, help us understand what this servant of yours understood from a long time ago and help us arrive at the same conclusion he did in Jesus' name. Amen. So he just starts off, and you might remember from Kathy's reading, verse 2, it's like, God, I want, to rep- I want you to repeat what you did in the days gone by. I want you to repeat it now, in this day. Verse 2, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, remember them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Wow, if I have a prayer now, it's Lord, can you repeat what you've done in the past and do it yesterday? Forget the now. Can you just bring the change straight away? And again, the number of times I'm probably going to say this, it'll be a broken record. Understanding this prayer is a song. And so he formally starts off, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your power. I stand in awe of what you have done. The song itself is full of expression. It, It paints amazing pictures of who God is. And indeed, he starts by saying, I preferred what you did before, not what you're doing now. Uh, yeah, I could ask you to raise your hands, but no one would see that. But I wonder how many of us would prefer 2019 to 2020. <laughs> My hand's up. I'll prefer any year prior to 2020 for that matter. Uh, and, and you know how Habakkuk, maybe you remember how he started his letter. Uh, how long... Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen or cry out to you violence, but you don't save. Why do you make me look at injustice? This first complaint in chapter one, the law is useless, the world's falling apart and you seem silent. Why are you not repeating what you did then now? I don't want a new day, Lord. (laughs) Are you ready for a new day? Are you ready for your church life, faith life, world life to totally change? Or is your daily prayer, Lord, I just, I don't like change. It's getting harder, Lord. Can you just smooth the waters a bit more? Repeat what you did in the past. And yet it wouldn't be wrong if we think about Habakkuk waiting, as he says in verse 16, for the day of calamity. And not just what. You're waiting patiently for disaster. You see, what's the purpose of God behind this? Uh, Shane touched on it. Chapter 2, verse 14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. The earth will be filled. There's no doubt something's happening around us right now. Globally, in every nation. And maybe some of you, as you think about God repeating what he's done in the past you're thinking I I can't wait patiently for the future I I just can't do it anymore it's getting tough and for older saints here who love music of course many of us want to go and play Keith's Green song so you want to go back to Egypt do you so that's you want to go back to where it was do you really you've got no understanding of what God is doing right now what God intends to do with this season and make no mistake, sometimes I'm thinking, Egypt, Egypt sounds so good. 
2019, wow, we even did Easter then. We had a grandparent conference. We did... Oh. There were problems though, wasn't there, six months ago? Do you remember the fires and the heartache and the pain? Oh, okay, so maybe 2019 really isn't a good year to end on. Which year is it that you want to plant yourself in? So here is how he does it. And this is what we need to understand. Verses 3 to 15. Let's remember what God has done. And this is how Habakkuk sings and launches into this part of this concluding part. Because his hope, planting hope, thank you Langdon, it's a great reminder, planting hope. You see, hope is strengthened by us remembering past deliverances, past occasions. It's that same as forgiveness. You know, I know I've made many mistakes with my beloved. <laughs> we celebrate 40 years of marriage next year. Wow, I must be old. Well, she's very young. But because she's forgiven me in the past, you know what? I know she'll forgive me in the future. God's the same. Hope is fueled. And so now Habakkuk jumps into this strange maybe manifestation word usage of what God has done, which for us hearing it today, we might think, I don't know what you thought as Kathy read it out. I don't know what Kathy thought of what she read out. It's like, I don't tend to use this language. God came from Timon, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden. Plague went before him, pestilence followed his steps. He stood, verse 6, and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumble. And we're thinking, hey, who cares about T-Man? Like, what, what's that got to do with anything? Why should we, we be interested in what God did then? Well, it's actually the place where Israel found refuge from Egypt. Okay, it's pretty sick. Deliverance. It's a, okay, it's pretty good. It's the place of Mount Sinai. It's the place where community life was discovered and ordered. It's the place where God started to act in a mighty way, to protect, to lead, to judge. No wonder he wants to go and remember that work. Exodus 14 to 15, God used clouds and darkness and seas. Judges 5, torrential rain to bring about deliverance. Uh, one Samuel who used a thunderstorm to make change. Uh, and all of us probably know that great story from 2 Kings 18 to 19. The Assyrian army was used. And so Habakkuk singing, uh, verse 3, his glory covered the earth. Uh, God, Yahweh, the great divine uh, warrior coming forward who battles for his people. His splendor was like the sunrise. I wonder how many of you remember that song that we sing here, How Great Is Our God. I love the song actually, How Great Is Our God. And we sing of what? The splendor of his greatness. How great is our God. We invite you to sing with us. Not that we do that right now in this non-singing context. Age to age he stands with time in his hands. That's what we sing. We sing about the splendor. I suppose we've got to wrestle with the fact, do we believe what we sing? Do we, does what we sing affect us in so many ways? Because here's Habakkuk in these early verses reflecting on the divine warrior Yahweh, God, coming forward for his people. And the people were in distress. Verse 7, I saw the tents of Kushan in distress, the dwellings of Midian in anguish. Lord, why are you angry with us? 
And we might think God was angry with the, the rivers and the land, and the, but it's not. The picture that's being painted here is it's like God is walking past, heading past south, heading north. If only we could head, head north, it's warmer. And as God walks past, people are trembling. Why? Because they've been worshipping other gods. They've been bowing down to other gods and now the living God is walking past and they're incredibly anxious. Uh, we might remember Hebrews 10 verse 31, uh, the writer of that letter says, it's a terrible thing to what? To fall into the hands of the living God. It, those who have gone before us know about that reality. I wonder if we know it. Oh, but Habakkuk's saying, you know, can't you repeat, can't you intervene now? You are the great warrior. You are the God of all things. Verse 9, you uncovered your, your bow, you called for many, uh, many arrows, you split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. Torrents of water swept by, the deep roared and lifted its waves on high. Sun and moon stood still in the heavens. He's singing about the permanent nature of God, even those things that we think are permanent around us in creation. The one who is truly permanent is flipping them upside down and changing things. This is how powerful this God is, our God is, the divine warrior. I mean, think of the Red Sea crossing. That's alone a picture of the power of God. And the storm representing Yahweh moving through history, changing things powerfully. In verse 12, in wrath you strode through the earth and in anger you threshed the nations. In verse 13, I love it, you came out to deliver your people to save your anointed one and you crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. Yahweh's coming out like a warrior wrestling for his people. Habakkuk's thinking about all of this, singing about it, expressing it. Sometimes there are things we need to express with our mouth and sometimes there are things we shouldn't express with our mouth. True? True? Yes. And yet maybe we don't express enough with our mouth of the things we should express. Like praise for our great God. Thank you for what you've done in the past. Father, help me through this season. Be patient. Help me wait more and more, even though things around us continue to change day by day. You wrestled for them and you went before them. Do that today. And it's like Habakkuk's finding great comfort and power in his own song as he reflects. Oh, and he, he longs for the day when things will work out. Yes, he's questioned God about God's justice. Yes, he's questioned God about a lot of things. And yet now he's blown away by what we could say the invincible nature of who God is, the unstoppable nature of God's power, how God operates this song, this prayer of faith, Habakkuk is convinced that God will work. He will repay, repay Babylon. And now he's starting to pray for deliverance of his people. You came out to deliver them. And verses 14 and 15 just echo what God did to the enemy, to the leader of the enemy, the enemies. It's a, what a picture he paints. And what we need to see is the physical manifestation of God's power and presence with humanity. Striding forth amongst his creation, amongst all those around him in the storms, using lightning, food, plague, all things, earthquakes, to help us remember what he has done and to remind us of what he will do. 
And what's he reminding us, even for us, we can know this, the other side of the, uh, of the cross of Christ. We know the ending of Matthew 28, don't we? Well, we should know the ending of Matthew 28, uh, verse 20. And teaching us to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I am what? I am with you always, the very end of the age. We know God is with us. We know Jesus. We know how this God has revealed himself. Oh, Habakkuk, how you need to sing. Oh, people before me and watching on screen, how we need to sing. Uh, Maybe for those who've been watching weekly videos from me, I know CJ has. I'm looking at him right now. He's been forced to watch it twice a week. He's probably having therapy right now because I keep referring to old songs. But it shouldn't surprise you that one thing I keep doing week in, week out, is trying to remind you about why we should sing and about why we should refer to God's Word, about why we need to keep doing that week in, week out. We've done about, I don't know, about 30-something of them now. And do you think I can keep this up for another lifetime? Absolutely. But we need to sing. Every unrighteous deed is going to be repaid. Every plunder every abuser every person who's victimized they're going to be repaid one day by god every thief everyone who's shamed god everyone who's worshipped other idols they are going to be repaid by god at some point in time chaos is descending on god's people as habakkuk waits patiently for the day of calamity and he sings because he looks back and remembers what God has done. And so he stops and rejoices. I will trust, he says, and I'll keep singing. And this is his views from 16 to 9. I'll trust and I'll keep singing. Because now he's reflected on God's power and God's act, act of, throughout history. And he's going to keep rejoicing. Although he, he is terror stricken. Although he is shaken. In verse 16, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered. At the sound, decay in my bones, my legs trembled. This is very personal. He's absolutely shell-shocked, terrified, um, losing his strength, and yet he chooses to sing. He's not forced to sing. He makes a faith decision. Despite all the external evidence I see, despite waiting for the 11 o'clock news from Victoria about their current state, which has been coming every day, about the increase of cases, about the cynics who don't believe that there's such a thing called uh, coronavirus, about the world struggling, whether you go to Brazil, Italy, America, it doesn't matter where you go, globally struggling, and about not knowing what tomorrow will bring, I choose to sing because of what I know you've done in the past. You can already start to think about what you're choosing to do. And the great faith question, it seems to me right now, is, is our faith mature enough to move from a picture of verses 3 to 15 about what God has done to move to this stage of 16 to 19 of singing? And I've got to say to you, even as I stand here and say this to you, there are people dying around us. I, I don't know that I want to sing. Uh, you know, I, I give thanks to God that my mum passed away a couple of years ago who was in a nursing home. I'd hate to think 
if I right now, my brothers, had to be in that stage now. The nursing home crisis in Victoria is horrendous. Men and women, grandkids, watching those they can't get access to. Hearing the story the other day of a woman uh, who'd been married for 53 years in a nursing home with her husband, and her husband died in the room next to her, on his own, and she couldn't see him. It, it, the pain of that. I heard, I can, my heart pounded, my legs quivered, my legs trembled. Can our faith move? Can our faith of what God has done in the past move us to this place as well? This vision of who God is. Um, Daniel 7 verse 28. Daniel says this, this is the end of the matter. I, Daniel, was deeply troubled by my thoughts and my face turned pale and I kept the matter to myself. Throughout the Old Testament, you'll get a sense of how people were personally affected by life. Today, what we're experiencing is not just a philosophical sit down and ponder things or a theological question. This is affecting him psychologically, personally, at a very deep level. And he, So what is he to do? What are we to do? What will I do? What will you do? Should we play more songs about Don't Worry, Be Happy? Uh, Habakkuk does something that I don't think we are used to. He faces the pain head on, face to face. I know what's going on. I know of what's happened. And yet I know of who you are and I know how you've worked in the past. And he bows down in worship. And maybe with tears in his eyes, he starts to lift his voice. I've got to say to you, brothers and sisters, some of the most powerful singing I've heard actually has been in the context of a Christian funeral. It just is. As people draw in to themselves to try to reflect God's work in someone's life. You know, before maybe Habakkuk's faith was thin and impatient, it's growing in confidence. You know, the puffed up nature that Shane touched on last week, it's, he doesn't have that. He's living by faith. In living by faith in such a way that might rattle us, verse 17, though the fig tree does not bud, there are no grapes in the vines. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. This is not just a moment in time. The language being used about the fig tree, very close to home here, not budding, no grapes, no food. This is a long, long time of being in this situation. I wonder how we'd cope if we were 40 years in wandering in the desert I wonder how we as a culture would respond to that or seven years in exile nothing's going on you know why isn't the fig tree budding why are there no grapes in the vine why are there no sheep uh, in in the pens or why are the stalls filled with cattle why is that happening maybe maybe the Babylonians had invaded them so it was all all gone maybe the years of less was because of drought plague maybe it could be traced back to the fact that the nations and that nation had ignored God Moses warned of this in Leviticus 26 uh, verse 18 if after all of this you will not listen to me I will punish you for your sins seven times over I will break down your stubborn pride and make the sky above you like iron and the ground beneath you like bronze 
because your soil will not yield its crops, nor will the trees of your land yield their, their fruit. I wonder if we in Australia in 2020 believe in the spiritual connection of our connection with God and the land. I wonder if we ever think somehow that's happening because of our rejection of God. The prophet Amos from memory declared five times, you need to repent and come back to God. Uh, Micah warned about this in Micah chapter 6, come back to God. And then there's dear old Jeremiah. Didn't Jeremiah preach his heart out <laughs> again and again? And to what end? To no avail. They mocked him and laughed at him. So it shouldn't be new that somehow God's prophets called people back to him. All of that. And Habakkuk says, no matter, no matter God, how rotten the bananas are. And I know I don't have electricity, so there's no point in me saying at least you can turn it into banana cake. It doesn't work like that. But no matter how rotten these bananas are that I have to eat now, no matter how I have nothing around, about no matter how the land is dry, it's not looking good for this year. No matter, God, that uh, there are no ministries, there's no church gathered, there's less and less numbers, there's no singing, I'll finish my ministry year as is. As much as uh, I miss the people, the coffee, as much as I wish it wasn't what it was, what will I do, what will you do? It's still the question. Will I keep on singing? Will I keep on rejoicing in my God, my Saviour? Oh God, you're the one who saved me all those years ago. God, you're the one who made the connection between me and my Rhonda. You're the one who blessed us with kids, with grandkids. You're the one who's given me health and life to this point in time. You're the one who's preparing a place for me when I shuffle off this mortal coil. I'll remember that and I'll keep singing. I'll keep singing. And while I am keep, keep singing, I still might keep saying, Lord, how long? How long? And I want to recapture that because we know as we recapture all that God has done, hardship is not the end of the story it's not the end of our story i wonder if you can remember job chapter 2 verse 10 when job in that moment very early on asked that question so should we only accept good from god and not trouble i think it's a good idea yes job that's exactly what i want i only want good i do not want trouble i want a smooth sailing picture for the remainder of my life here that's, where do you get that from? And Habakkuk, maybe he's not like the great ones like Abraham, Moses, Isaac, Jacob, Ruth, Esther, Jesus, Paul. Maybe this little minor prophet tucked away in the minor prophets, his, his message is far from minor. It doesn't end in darkness because we live the other side of the resurrection of Jesus. We can gather on Good Friday, not that we gathered on Good Friday, but we can gather on Good Friday and know that Sunday's coming. The great Christian comment throughout history, Sunday's coming. The resurrection is true. Remembering the past gives me an anchor now for the present. Remembering what God has done helps me move into the future. I know I'm standing in the middle of total crop failure. I know the bananas are rotten. I know I have no fruit, no grapes, no... Yet in all of that, I know the grave is not the last statement. There is another statement. And because of that, resurrection is true. And because of that, I will rejoice. Jesus felt that, didn't he, in the Garden of Gethsemane? Oh, 
Not my will, but yours. May it be true. It's not some Christian out of life. It's a true statement. And if you think of all the prophets from even between Habakkuk and Jonah, heck, Jonah ran. (laughs) Habakkuk stood and wrestled. I want answers. All right, I'm remembering what you did. I remember I have a choice to live in the high tower. I have a choice to live in your presence. And I, The people of God who can remember the presence of God in the storm can also be sure of his presence in the silence. We need to know that. Habakkuk did not close his eyes to injustice and pain. He didn't close it to the struggle he faced. He knew it was true. He knew it was real. And he wanted to be in that spot. And he he sang. You know, 50 years ago, uh, George Harrison in his first album, and you all remember that, all things must pass. But he wrote a song. What is my life? What is my life, he said, without you? I know he wasn't talking about God. Tell me who I am without you in my life, he sang. Who are we without God in our life? Who are we without Christ as our saviour? John Bunyan, at the end of his life in prison, thinking about rejoicing in God, he wrote this. I'm going on and venturing my eternal state with Christ, whether I have comfort here or not. If God does not come through, I will leap off the ladder, even blindfolded, into eternity, sink or swim, come heaven or hell. Lord Jesus, if you catch me, do. If not, I will still venture for your name. We could sit back and say Bunyan was clearly mad. He was a man of faith. He was a man of faith. Habakkuk is a man of faith. As I mentioned, I spoke to a guy called John Higgins on Friday. I heard his struggles and I said, John, it's really tough. You're in our good buddies now. I said, mate, I hope it goes well for you. I said, John, understand that there is a God who's watching over you. And his response stunned me. He said, Ian, I needed to hear you say that. I've got no idea what is happening in that man's life in the last two days all I think about doing is what ringing the number back to say John <laughs> you're thinking Ian you just need to be a bit more forward with your faith stop being such a wimp I know and he just said thanks got no idea what is happening in anyone's life wow I know what God, who God is and what has Habakkuk wants to do verse 19 the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on heights. Such a response. For Habakkuk, the presence of God was key. Let me ask you right now, is the presence of God key for you in this season? Are there cracks appearing in your faith? Let me ask you to sing and rejoice in God's providence and his goodness to you. Your faith may be dry. Your journey may be hard right now. Yet the sovereign Lord is our strength who helps us to go on. 
Our next song, I ask you to sit and reflect, sung by our dear Rachel Jones, reminds us of what it's like to walk with God in this season. Amen.